Welcome to Sea Time, everybody, the off-road show that brings you all the results, news, and online shenanigans that make being online a good time. We'd like to say thank you to Fly Racing for their support of Sea Time. Please go check them out at flyracing.com. Welcome, everybody, to Seat Time. I am your host, Brian Pierce, here for episode 187. And luckily enough, yes, we have a guest back, thankfully. Uh, it's been so long. Mr. Brian Story, are you doing pretty good tonight? I'm doing well tonight. Yeah? Tuesday evening here in Texas? Tuesday evening here in Texas. Drinking beer. The Beer Drinking Bench Racing Show? There we go. I like it. Well, no, for you guys who have not checked out any of the episodes that Brian Story has been on before... They're definitely worth it. Brian is has a plethora of knowledge when it comes to riding motorcycles, selling motorcycles, and fixing motorcycles. Um, he's like, you've got some suspension tips out there. I have suspension Kinda tips. crazy. I have some suspension videos out there that apparently have been handy for folks. Mm. So, definitely search the internet. We've got a couple videos as well that he's been on, so it's going to be some fun. We're going to get some more juicy bits from him a little bit later to talk about so even this you'll have this video to live off of forever it's going to be absolutely amazing so seat time the online show for the off-road enthusiasts we are the beer drinking bench racing show that talks about all the kinds of off-road news that could go on in the world well that we can cover in about an hour so we don't try to go too crazy it's going to be a fun episode though brian and i have a lot to catch up on he's done the isde recently over there in slovakia racing with the the older division which is still faster than Pretty much everybody else around. Uh, and then, of course, all the stuff that's been going on with his shop. We've got a lot of talks that's coming up with some of the local events that's going on here in Toro. So it's going to be a good time. And then Kyle Redmond will be coming on. He's going to be on actually in a little bit here. It's going to be fun to talk to him. Just one in Perth. Lots of good stuff. Before we get in there, a little bit of house cleaning. Of course, Seat Time is brought to you by the fine folks at Fly Racing. You can go check them out at flyracing.com. I don't know if you saw some of the bitchin' high-res wares that their fly racing riders had like justin brayton and andrew short trey canard at the monster energy cup but they were wearing it again when they were over in europe racing supercross this past weekend some bitch and shit you can get that flyracing.com go check it out or go to your local dealer adventure moto mckinney texas see there you go and uh but you guys carry some of the bitch and fly stuff right we have new 2016 fly in stock bam see there it is it's that easy your local dealer is definitely the best way to go we always talk about that on the show because we want to make sure that you don't just buy online because there's local dealers out there who need your business just as much as the online retailers do. So definitely search your local dealer first, right? The online guy can't save your ass when you need something that like, day. Like now. Like now. That day. So when you need a good ass saving, call up Adventure Moto and just tell them that Seat Time sent you. And I don't know what kind of a response you're going to get, but it'll be a good one. So make sure the tape is recording. Of course, uh, Kindatire USA at kindatire.com. Um, again, this is one of those situations where you can go to the website, which is kinetire.com, go to the online retailers and search for the kinetires, or hopefully, again, your local dealer. Um, we, we do know that they had a little bit of trouble stocking the equilibrium, equilibriums and some of the other hybrid tires for a little bit, but is that still the case, or can you get them in stock? They would be in stock at SMS Racing in Denton, Texas, and Adventure Moto in McKinney, Texas, now. Oh, as of now? Concurrently? Amazingly. uh, Concurrently. I like the way that this is working. So again, see, we like to make sure that you know where to get your equipment at. And then, of course, find folks at stillwellperformance.com. So the great thing is is that we know Brian Story. We're talking about a local hero here in Texas for all you racers and all you enthusiasts out there. But 
Sometimes you're looking for a little bit of a different edge. You're looking for people that know, that talk to your type of writing a little bit differently. And that's what the guys over at Stillwell Performance can do with Alan Stillwell. Go to their website. They have a writer profile that you can figure, feel out and send that to them. What they're going to do is they're going to give you a call and you're going to have a one-on-one conversation. And they're going to figure out the best setup for you, your bike, and how you're going to be riding it, where you're going to be riding it, and the setup that's going to go along with that. Um, what I really enjoy, too, is what they've done to the 4CS forks. I've got the 2015 350 XCF that I did that we did purchase from Adventure Moto here in McKinney, Texas. Um, and, of course, rode the bike, then sent the suspension off to Alan Stillwell, got rid of all the harsh craziness, really, really evened out the bike, and I did extremely well at the TKO, rode the shit out of it in Colorado, uh, really, really enjoyed what they did for my motorcycle. So stillwellperformance.com is a great place to go. Make sure that you get your off-road suspension done. And as I like to say, keep it pinned. So, yes. All right. So some of the house cleaning there. Of course, if you're not in the chat room, tok.io slash time, you can chat with us. Oh, look, we've got people in there. Angel, uh, you are talking but are not saying much. Is that a dig? Is that a dig? This guy, Angel. That's actually, he's in Australia. So he's at work right now doing absolutely nothing, which means the same thing. He's watching seat time. He's not doing much either. <laughs> yeah. I see what you did there. I see what you did. Look at this guy. I, this is why he's on the show. This is why he's on the show. Of course, we did have, so we have the chat room. Uh, the show is archived on the site, seatime.co, and of course, Stitcher and iTunes. I keep saying Stitcher, and those little shitheads will not update it. I don't know what it is. I've sent multiple emails to them. Um, it is unfortunate. From what I can tell, and from what even they've told me when they have responded, it's unfortunately nothing on our end. Um, and I don't know why our show is not updating. And I apologize for those of you that are Stitcher fanatics. Um, but you can get on iTunes. And, of course, if you want, message us. I can send you the RSS feed, and then you can put it in any podcasting app that you want to use besides Stitcher because they suck, apparently. So, And then Selfy, S-E-L-L-F-Y. You can go there, search for the TKO raw footage, and you could be able to purchase that for a dollar ninety nine. Uh, Fifteen minutes of raw TKO footage. Just a little great way to support seat time. We'd appreciate it if you do it. So before we get Kyle Ribbon on, you have had an interesting summer. You got a chance to go race in Slovakia at the ISDE, and you got a chance to see Ryan Sipes win the overall. So what was that experience like? Oh, it was, it's always a great experience at six days. It's uh. It's a hard thing to explain if, if you haven't ever been, but uh, just just to have the chance to, to race for more than just yourself and race for your country and race for teammates and um, and get to see just all the, the other cool countries in the world and, and meet the riders from the other countries. It's just something that I've be, become addicted to. Right. Um, you know, and there's some countries that, that you go to that the terrain uh, matches up with uh, what you're used to doing and... Uh, like Argentina last year, I was really comfortable and, and rode good all week. Slovakia this year was everything that a dry Texas flatlander sucks <laughs> at. <laughs> I knew about halfway through the first day, I was like, wow, this is going to be, you know, a long six days. It's going to be a long six days for me. Um, and, and then, you know, seeing Ryan win was awesome. Um, he's, he's a super nice guy that, uh, you know, the first team was time he was on the team was, uh, Sardinia in 2013. And I remember riding on the plane with him, uh, to get there and, and just talking to him and he had a lot of, a lot of questions and, and was like a, like a, just a, an excited kid racer asking all the questions he had about right. the event and, and, uh, you know, and then see from there, 
uh, just a couple of years ago to this year and him w- being the first American to, to overall the event. It was, it was amazing. And I made sure I was at the finish line um, at his final moto and, and got a video of him crossing the finish line when he finished the moto, because uh, that was a pretty historic event in, oh, in, uh, in uh, American motorcycle racing. How so, was the after party? Was the, was the American prestige? Uh, the, it, is, uh, is, were we well represented? Well represented, well represented. Well yes, represented. It, I yeah. still, I talk about it all the time. 2012, the after party there in Germany, when I got the party with the Australians and pretty much everybody else because everybody's so wickedly cool, right? Like, uh, R- Remez, Yero, uh, R E M E S is the Finn, the Finn, yes, yes. The little uh, yeah. guy races TMs yeah. now. He was super racing. fast, yes, yes, super fast, <laughs> fast Finn. I've never like, like I'd always seen videos of european dancers like at the you know at the digital nightclubs and shit Uh and it was like it was like the pinnacle of that like standing next to this little dude like just going batshit crazy on the dance floor drinking his little vodka red bulls and like you know getting down i was like okay i get it i was like the euros are in on the vodka red bull that is the you know the yeah. cocktail of Every choice time, for the uh, after party. I was with Maddie Phillips hanging out most of the night, the Australian, and the whole time he's like, "I'm gonna go get a drink. What do you want?" I was like, "A beer." I was like, and he comes back with a damn rock, vodka Red Bull. I was like, hey, "Nowhere near." <laughs> I woke up with the beer. worst hangover. It was horrible, and in the Australian's bedroom. But you know what can you do? At least I was just on the floor, not like in the bed with them, right? Australian man's bedroom. Hey, That's dude, the... what are you gonna do? I was married, you know. It's like no, no comment. <laughs> it's like, I'm one. not gonna tell you about the time that it happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's it's just a great experience being there and. And any of you guys out there watching from from any country, you know, uh, just if you ever get a chance to go, it's a great vacation for any motorcyclist just to go. Just there, there's a there's two events going on. There's the race that goes on all week, and then there's the party that goes on all week. And, and then yeah, the beer gardens. <sighs> absolutely, but it's just a, it's just an event to see, and it and it's a, they they usually put them in places that are interesting places that are good vacation places. So there's there's stuff to do with the wife and and uh, stuff to do with the friends, but just a, an awesome trip. If you ever get a chance to go. People find a way to go to six days. It's it's one of the motorcycle events of the world. Right on. Well, definitely, we'll catch up a little bit more with six days uh, as it comes in. Talk a little bit about Brian's extremely great riding, as he put it uh, about five minutes ago <laughs> there over in Slovakia. Yeah, but, of course, we've got Kyle Redman on as our guest this evening. He is hiding in his brother's house. I think he's actually in the closet right, right now. Uh, so Kyle, how is your evening going? Are you are you home? Are you like back on your own time zone yet? Uh, yeah, it's going good. Just uh, hanging out with my brother all day. I'm in the baby room right now. You're so, you're in the milk room. Yeah, he just <laughs> came home to uh, a new nephew. Actually, <gasps> born on Sunday, so I missed it by one day. Ah, oh, dude, that's I mean that sucks that you missed it, but that's awesome that you get a chance to come home to such an awesome, cool gift. We didn't even know, man. So, is this your first kind of nephew or niece in the family? Uh, second, second, second nephew. Um, so, what do you, you think about being an uncle? Like you, like you know, at times you're responsible for life, bro. <laughs> I know it's fun. I love it. You know, it's it's always good to hang out with him, and he's one and a half right now, so he's starting to be like 
really really fun so i love it i know i uh my youngest nora she's 19 20 months old right now and i swear she hit about that 17 month mark and it was like we got out of the bathtub and we spent 30 minutes laying on the bed and that's like we just i tickle her we roll around and just a giggle factory and it is such a weird experience like it I, i don't know how any human being can't just completely melt um, in those situations, it's so awesome. So that's awesome that you get to experience that being an uncle. And you know, one day you're gonna forget to pull out. And you're gonna have your own children. It's gonna it, be awesome. It, it gets <laughs> it gets better, better, better until about thirteen, and then it starts to. And then they forget to pull out, and you're like, no, 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 <laughs> no. no, no, no. But yeah, kids get better, better, better for for a bunch of years, and then they seem to go the other way for a couple of years, and then eventually they go back the right direction. So. When, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with Kaylin being nine. I know that I'm. I'm. You're still on the. the I'm still on the upswing, but if we know upswing. at some point we're gonna go back down. So uh, apologies if anybody took any offense to that. Obviously, you know we're just having fun, and I'm just kind of goofy when it comes to some of that kind of stuff. But dude, so Kyle Redman, congratulations on coming home to a nephew, to another nephew, because that's even more bitching that you've got two of them. But you probably are super jet lagged. You just kicked butt in Australia, and apparently you were over there for a whole week. Now, was that acclimation, or was that just because that's kind of like the way your trip got a chance to work itself out? Yeah, well, it's you know it's kind of weird flying over there because you uh, the time difference is so crazy, and it's twenty hours. So you're on a plane, and you like I left Monday, but I arrived on Wednesday, so it's kind of weird. That's so I, you know, I spent. Four of those days, it felt like on an airplane. <laughs> yeah. Oh but, my gosh, it's so, brutal. Have you have you flown? flown yeah, I did six days in. Oh gosh, that was a long time. Ninety eight, six days there. I, yeah, year and after it's I a graduated high school. it's a brutal trip over there. I mean, flew from DFW to LAX, and then LAX to, I think, uh, Melbourne, and then from there another flight to where the race was. It, yeah, it was a brutal trip getting there and a brutal trip back. Uh, so you were you went to Perth where the event was at. Um, so where yeah. did you fly into, and then how did you get to Perth? Was it a flight to Perth? Yeah, so I flew from LAX to Sydney, and then it was another four-and-a-half-hour flight to Perth because Perth is on the West Coast. Okay. It's, uh, it's pretty much as far away as you can get. Right, yeah. I mean, it's the same thing. It's yeah. like if you're going like LA to New York. I mean, like they're just yeah, yeah. totally on the other other ends of the continent. Now, from what I understand, you, were, you, had, you got kind of the call-up to head to this race a little close to the – close to heading out there right i mean how did how did it come about excuse me that you were that you got a call up to head to, to the event and, and uh, head down there to race yeah actually uh i got a text um from russell bobbitt and uh, i've known him for a while you know we we're friends and everything so he was supposed to go and i guess he uh he like tweaked his back or something so he just he couldn't make it oh. he's like looking looking for a replacement and i had an off weekend and so i was like yeah why not? You know, right? And now, trip. now you got a five thousand dollar paycheck. Yeah, I mean that's that tops it off, right? <laughs> right. So, how much of that did you have to give to Russell Bobbitt? Uh, we haven't spoke about it yet. All right, that's even better. <laughs> you just, I don't know, blow no. strippers and blow. It's all gone. Strippers and blow. <laughs> I probably won't see him for a while, so I'll be like, oh, sorry, I spent it. <laughs> Smart move. Smart move. Um, so. 
You were on a beta, which is awesome because you ride for beta. So that worked out. Yeah. And you had your number seven on the bike and everything. So when this kind of came into fruition for you, were you able to send your bike to Australia or did you get hooked up with a beta there in Australia that they dialed in for you? How did a, how did your setup you know, get to to the fine yeah. country of Australia? So usually how it works, you know, I mean, nobody really ships a bike around unless you're like super rock star. So right. I just hopped on a bike. I think it was even a 2014, you know. But it was fine. Like, they're all the same pretty much. You just bring your suspension, handlebars, and just go race. I mean, it's not a big deal. I don't like to be too picky and, you know, get too crazy about it. So I just brought it all in my bag. And whatever I brought is, you know, what I put on the bike. And that was bars, suspension, and uh, a tire. Oh, and was it like a a special gummy tire? Yeah, I brought a Kenda, like gummy, just for, uh, you know, it makes it better. Better for the enduro cross thing. You Say don't want to run a moto tire. Right. Say it again. <laughs> what brand was that? Kenda. Oh, did you win on a Kenda tire? Mm. Yes, I did. Mm, it's so nice. One of their gummy tires that you could purchase from your local dealer. Yeah. It's so amazing. Um, now, Brian, you've done a lot of traveling, a lot of riding and stuff like that. What Have you had any pitfalls when it comes to kind of what Kyle's talking about where you've got to ship you well, know, certain I, things? I was going to ask Kyle if he has had any trouble in the past getting his suspension on the flights because uh, I know that that's been trouble in the past for a lot of people. So that's did you have to do anything special with your suspension, any way you packaged it, or did you just literally put it in your, your gear bag? Just labeled it sex doll and nobody wanted to touch it? <laughs> Yeah, it's honestly, uh, you never know. Like, I've lost two sets of forks in the past, which is just a big, you know, it's a big expense. Yes. I've also had it where when I was, you know, like checking in at LAX, they were like, what's this? And I I told them, and they're like, oh, you can't fly with this. So I just left it there, and then my dad came and picked it up. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're so dumb. They don't know what they're doing. Like, it says in their rules that you can bring shock absorbers on the, you know, on the flight but they don't really know what it is they're just like one person will say yes one person will say no i mean it pisses me off i've lost like a lot of money because of it (laughs) yeah i bet is there now shock absorbers i love that word because it definitely makes me think of elastomers from the early 90s in mountain bikes (laughs) (laughs) they're like no shock absorbers yes when this has oil and springs and dampening mm, i don't know it's a little technological probably don't want to fly with that they're like freaked out about it yeah, I, they just don't know what it is. I mean, I've I've heard the same story he told a few times where they just held it. They didn't know what it was, and, and they weren't sure, so they just held it. And you know, like, uh, I'm not losing my job over this. You can't take it. Yeah, I mean, and, and yeah. I mean, it can completely mess up your trip. You oh, know? I bet. Yeah, because I mean, who who would think that that pro riders would be head cases? But you know, it's it, it happens. So you know, and they get attached to suspension and get attached to tires and things like that, and. And uh, it, <laughs> can make things it difficult. Seems, it seems to mainly happen coming into the country to me, you know. So oh, coming, really? coming into the U.S., coming home. Yeah, yeah. That's when it's that's when it's happened to me both times where I lost my suspension. So uh, wow, lost forks. That's high dollar yeah. losing sets and of it, forks. And, and, and a lot of times brutal. too, like Kyle, like you know, this is the first year that you've really kind of not been a privateer status. I, I mean. Yeah, And so in the past, when you're talking about losing forks, you're talking about money that you put out. Now, say it's, you know, somebody like a Graham Jarvis or a Johnny Walker. A lot of the times those are cone valve forks that somebody put on it. He probably didn't even carry them to the airport, you know, but somebody like yourself who's doing that, 
You know, that's your four or five thousand dollars right there in the case, not a couple. Yeah, I mean, in the super enduros, it happened to me last year when I was full privateer, just and I couldn't ride for two months. I had no forks on my bike at home, so I just didn't. I literally didn't ride <laughs> for like almost two months, and then I finally knocked up and or whatever bought some. You know, it sucked. Like I had, I saved money or whatever, but well, you yeah. know. Not that I'm rich or anything, but uh, I'm sure Brian's story's got a pair of beaters lying around. Next time, we'll make sure that you get those. Yeah. <laughs> I, I honestly have extra forks and shots. <laughs> See, we can do this. We could, But he, bro, he's off to Privateer Island. He's on beta now. He's got this. He's got this. Yeah, I lost I lost beta's forks, too, this year. So. Oh, well. That was, that was, I mean, that was a little easier. <laughs> is, that a, is that a phone call? You're like, guys, they didn't come in. <laughs> yeah, I was like, sorry. I don't know. But... I tried to get him back and went through the whole process. They sent me a check for 300 bucks. So the the airline did. They're like, oh, you didn't pro- provide a receipt. I was like, well, you didn't tell me to. And then it was like three months later, and it was like, I, I don't know. It was like too late. I lost all the information. Just like whatever. Uh, it was I, a loss. I lost a, a, a WP rear shock. And uh, anyway, they sent me a check for $100. That's that's what I got for the the WP rear shock. It, well, it's pretty tough to replace one of those for a hundred bucks. Yeah, I mean, pretty. Yeah, yep, yep. You, you as a dealer, that's yeah. really not even much help. No, <laughs> I didn't even sniff it. It wasn't even close. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, let's talk a little bit about the race. Um, so you got a chance to go down there to Perth to race the uh, the international Perth. Endurocross for 2015, kind of at their little moto complex that they had going on down there. How was the event? Yeah. How was the track? How did it compare to kind of like what we're used to seeing, you know, at uh, at the more traditional Endurocross events here in the States? Yeah, so, I mean, it was pretty similar. It was outdoor. That was a little different. So it rained a lot the day before. So the track was pretty, pretty slick, you know, to begin with and kind of wet. But uh, I'd say it was uh, pretty fast, like, didn't have any big significant like rock piles or, you know, I had a wood pile, but it was pretty easy. And yeah, it was, it was pretty fast and easy, honestly, like kind of moto Uh, now for comparison, I, when I hear fast and easy, I think X games. Is that, how would it compare to that? Even faster and easier or, uh, well take X games and then don't have the rock pile that they had there <laughs> so and then you know it didn't have like huge jumps like x games kind of sets up jumps but it was just you know, yeah where this year you guys like, jumped that metal ramp and shit <laughs> yeah we didn't have that kind of stuff but you know i like the track i mean it was fun it was fun to just go pin it and you know feel good yeah well that's Not, cool uh it so looked I, like it was a lot of sand um, now, was that just kind of the way that some of the videos came across and some of the pictures that we saw, or was it yeah. really just a sand-based track? No, there was there was like no sand at all. Actually, it was clay. It was fully clay. So, what the hell were you watching? <laughs> I got stuff thinking drugs in the morning. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it was oh, just because thought- it looked like roost was coming out, and it just kind of looked sandy. Hmm. Maybe. I don't remember any sand. So. Well. Man, you were the racer, like, so we'll go with what you say. It was like really hard play. Hmm. Yeah. What'd you have for competition? <laughs> yeah, you know, Graham Jarvis was there. Who uh, he's that guy? <laughs> everybody knows who he is, right? 
but you know, enduro cross really isn't his thing. So he, and it was a fast, easy enduro cross too. So he was kind of like, whatever, you know. But this other guy, Daniel Sanders, was there who is extremely fast. He was a, I guess he was fourth overall at ISTE. Yeah, and he and, uh, won the E3 class at the ISTE. So he was, yeah. he was, yeah, yeah so, fast. You know, the Australians right now are like killing it. So they're pretty, uh, they're pretty insane. But uh, yeah. I mean, he was he was my main competition. Uh, actually, he almost he almost won. Like I had a pretty decent lead, and I fell over, and then uh, he was right on me, and yeah, he passed me, and then uh, he ended up messing up, and I passed him back, and then he was right on me till the end, but then he crashed, I guess, on the last lap. So yeah, and that's kind of it, it. Seems that it's unfortunate that sometimes that seems to be the enduro cross mantra is that. You know, if you can get that lead and you can kind of make a little bit of a stretch, start to back it off. Like figure out that game that you that mental game that you can play to start to slow down so you're not pushing it to a hundred percent, but at the same time you're not really letting the person in second or third or whoever's really close catching you back up. Cause it seems like as you know, you guys progress into these ten and fifteen lap events. You know, the, obviously you're getting more tired. The fatigue is starting to set in, so there's more susceptible to making mistakes. So, yeah. so how do you? And obviously, it almost it bit you in the ass. It it bit Daniel Sanders in the ass, and then you got to make back on him, and you got the win. But you know, I mean, I can imagine that that's happened to you a lot in the enduro cross here in the states. So, mentally, how do you try to? Do you even care about that, or is it just hold on for 15 yeah. laps and call it good? <laughs> I, I mean, really, these days you gotta just go for it for okay. 15 laps, like. I mean, if you're not, then you're just, you're going slow, really. I mean, everybody's kind of going for it, you know. And, yeah, I mean, it. I'd say I was kind of, like, taking it easy almost, but I still fell over, so it wasn't, you know. Yeah, that's part of what makes Enduro Cross the greatness <laughs> that it is, though. Yeah. It's yeah. just so unpredictable. When was and, the last time you, you, you've done a couple, right? Uh, Have I've, you done Vegas? I've done Vegas a couple of times. But That's always I, a I've gnarly done, one with Vegas. I did one, at least one national for six or seven years in a row. <laughs> I haven't been in a in a couple of years though. But but yeah, I mean, you know, you're trucking along and you think you're killing it, and you're you're like, oh yeah, I got the line figured out here, and then the next lap you're under stuck underneath your motorcycle <laughs> and you don't know what happened. <laughs> you're just like, well, what was that? You know. And, uh, you know, and then you're trucking along again, having it all dialed. And then you go through the wood pile and one hits you in the center of the cases and launches. I mean, you just the whole thing's just so unpredictable. And and uh, I mean, I would just go for a fun vacation. Right. You know, I, I never vacation. had really any any expectations. So I would just go to have a, a great time and 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 race. And and, uh, you know, if I if I go to um, I can take a vacation to race a motorcycle and all my customers are are usually, you know, they're they're right behind me, you know. So meaning they're, those are, they're those, paying the, for it? Or? No, they're not paying for it. But yeah. but anyway, but they get hooked up on those trips. But they're <laughs> they're cool with me taking a vacation and not being at the shop helping them out if I'm racing a motorcycle. So I, those are those are good vacations. Those are positives. Those are positive vacations. Yeah, you know, and it come, it's got good stories to tell when you come back too. So so it sounds like you and I need to go to Vegas. Yeah, we should go. go I'd go back to Vegas. Technically, I'm a customer. Yeah, you technically. Yeah, I'd go back and do Vegas again. All so. right, Kyle, you in for Vegas? Yeah, of course. We, we could be like with or, with or without motorcycles. I don't really care at this point. <laughs> so we're talking about vacations. We're talking about good times. You in Australia. Now, 
Obviously, you win in this race. You getting some extra money in your pocket. That's awesome. I'm super, super stoked that you were able to do that. But yeah. what other kinds of stuff did you partake in while you were in Australia? And you know that we, we you know, we're beer drinkers. We talk about stuff that most people want to ignore. But that's okay. That's yeah. not what this show's for. There's the bench racing aspect of it as well. So I have to say. We've had some Australians on the show before, and we always talk about, you know, Australians with their accent, American women, and we've always had the question, American man with an American accent, American accent in Australia, what is it like? What are the, how do the Australian women respond yeah. to that American accent? I mean, you're, you're, you're a good-looking man, too, so I mean, that's got to help. I think it's kind of the same deal, you know, they're like, haven't heard it or something, so they think it's cute or whatever, I don't know. Same with... Australian guys over here can get our girls, right? <laughs> right. I, 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 think, think, I think it goes both ways, you know. The the, the mean, American thing goes goes well over there. So, yeah? Yeah. So how well did it go for you over there, Kyle? Well, I mean, it didn't work out for me, but <laughs> I'm sure it works out for a lot of people. <laughs> uh, he's like, it went well enough, but not as well as it should have. Uh, yeah. So one thing that's been a huge deal in the past couple years in the states is the craft beer scene you know we've seen all of this stuff out there um and so i kind of want to know in australia now you may not be a beer beer drinker but you've probably saw or or noticed things that might have been going on at the different bars and stuff like that what is is there a kind of a craft beer scene down there in that sense where there's a lot of like you know maybe smaller yeah. breweries and stuff like that or is it really just Actually, kind of big names we did we did go to like a brewery one night um the night before the race actually and there it was kind of like i don't know kind of like a hipster scene there actually <laughs> a lot of weird people dressed all funny you know kind of like when you go to downtown la or something it was it was similar so. race prep the the night before the race yeah it's carbo loading pro, right pro, proper race preparation there you i go. was eating i was eating pizza so pizza good pizza yeah. and beer i mean that's pizza and beer that's been a winning formula yeah. for years it right it really does sound more american than australian doesn't it <laughs> <laughs> yeah well you know when you're jet lagged and i find it easier to sleep if i have a couple beers or something i mean i've spent all night up before races when i'm in europe and hey a couple beers aren't going to hurt me if i can sleep Right, so it's kind of how I how I view it when I'm jet lagged and not in another world. Yeah, no, that's you that's know. a super good point. And jet lag sucks. I hate uh, the, the the handful of times that my wife and I have been lucky enough to travel uh, overseas. And like you, you get there, you're like don't take a nap, so you get on the stupid tour bus and you do the tours and you try to like just fight and yeah. stay awake and then you go pass out. But we're hiking around, we're walking. You know, there's no thought of physical activity involved so when you guys have to go over there and race a dang motorcycle uh, you know and at the level that you guys do that that's got to be like darn intense so you get there on a wednesday well australia wednesday and then yeah. you race you know was the and then the race was what saturday night um, yeah saturday so i mean how how acclimated were you by then it seems like saturday you would be okay but since I, you're flying forward i mean was it just too weird yeah i mean i felt pretty tired like i was I was super tired for the racing, honestly. And yeah, I probably slept. I mean, the first night I was there, I slept pretty good. But other than that, I got like six hours every night. So nice. You know, it's kind of kind of hard to keep up or catch up, you should say, right? But uh, yeah, I mean, they made us do four races also. So there was like three heat races that didn't really count for anything. They were just races. 
and then the main was 15 laps and it was like over a minute lap time so you know i was pretty tired honestly like i was yeah. feeling things that I, don't, I don't normally feel you know like like i was dehydrated like i was kind of cramping a little bit already which never happens in a race like that you know that's enduro cross that's a sprint right so it definitely wasn't like 100 percent, you know normal but i yeah. hear you one day dude you'll get there I'm just kidding. You're already there. I'm the one who's trying to catch up at this point in life, man. It's ridiculous. Um, so you're back in the States. Congratulations on the awesome shit that went on in Australia. But you did something else even cooler before you went that's now kind of like coming into light for everybody, and that's the new movie Get Lost. Um, you're kind of oh, yeah. one of the featured writers there. You know, you're you're good friends with Wiley Watson. You've been in a lot of the, his feature films that he's put out. Um, yeah. Kind of... Tell us about your parts in this movie. Where are you riding? And I noticed that in the trailer, you you talk a lot about the free riding aspect of mm-hmm. of what you kind of bring to the table. So, kind of talk to us about that as well. Yeah. So, you know, me and Wiley, we, we go way back now, and uh, I've been in quite a few of his films, but uh, this one's more, you know, just going out and obviously the titles get lost. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, you know, we just. Uh, Actually, we went we went to Bishop first, which is where it all started with me and him. That was like the very first movie I was ever in was filmed in Bishop. So, you know, we just uh, spent more time, spent like three days out there. And then, uh, you know, that's kind of like more my passion of what I like to do is just, I mean, it's what I grew up doing. So, you know, trail riding and finding cool things to jump off of and rocks and whatnot is, is kind of like what I do for fun. Like... Right. So I kind of fit into that. And uh, we also went to Wyoming, which was amazing. I mean, that terrain up there was just crazy. You guys got to see the the mountains there that they have. I mean, see it on the film, obviously, but it was insane. I mean, I've never ridden such big mountains that are pretty open. Like, you could just go wherever you wanted. I mean, I was there a couple months before we filmed, and it was a little bit better because the grass had grown up when we were filming. So we were kind of limited a little bit, but... It was still, once you get above the, the tree line and everything, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. And were you on your 300 RR? Yeah, I was on my bike. I, I was up there for a race in Montana, Evil Cross, that uh, some Maduro Cross race mm-hmm. that we all did. It was uh, me and Nick Thompson was there, Corey Grafunder, Jeff Aaron, and uh, Colton Hacker was there as well. So I did that race in Montana. Then me and Corey, straight after, we did the filming which was close. And then straight after that, we went back to Coeur d'Alene to do another race. So the whole, the whole week was racing and filming. So I got a ton of riding in. Yeah. Just, to, it was good. Made, made some good money and just rode my dirt bike. I mean, <laughs> the life, um, when you get above the tree line, and we all kind of noticed this. We've, you know, ridden in Colorado, ridden in different places up in the mountains, the tree lines, um, you get to that point where you start to notice a little bit of power difference in your motorcycle. So when you guys yeah. are filming, um, do you? What is your preparation for that? Do you? Because a lot of the times, you know, you'll start at obviously a lower level than where you will be riding. Yeah. And I don't know if that. I would imagine that's kind of the same case when you guys are filming. So do you rejet for where you know you're going to be filming, or, do you, or does it? You just kind of ride it and run what you brung or whatever. Yeah, you know, I kind of just rode my bike how it was. It didn't seem to affect it too much. I don't know why, but uh, yeah, Corey, he was jet- he jetted his bike like on the trail. He just changed the needle, I think, and you know, it's it's not that bad, I guess. 
sometimes you just deal with it yeah. and we're not like we start you know pretty low so you don't want the bike to be you know different down there and we're just it's such a range yep. so it's kind of hard to predict, predict for and also you know you got temperature and everything that matters too so i kind of just ran my bike how it was and it was it seemed fine you know whatever i run for the race that i was up there for and it worked there you go yeah too much math on the trail nobody <laughs> wants to do that that's why you like it's efi easy. now huh yeah it's easy to do though like on the trail if you just change the needle i mean the clip position it's pretty simple so that's like for you guys that seems to be a pretty quick fast easy fix without having to change out the jets yeah that's a pretty easy fix well, well we've, we've kind of just changed out jets before haven't we just kind of well, i've done a little bit of both but you know the the bigger bikes like a 300 two-stroke like he's riding is is not going to be super affected okay until you get really high up now, obviously, it's not going to be as, as perfect as it would be what it was set up for, right. but it's still going to be totally rideable. I guess know? it's just because there's so much of a range in the 300 where if you were like on a 125, you're already down on power at that point, like you'd really start to notice it. Oh, yeah. You know, like the little bikes, you got to make sure they're spot on. Like perfect. Yeah. yeah. Or they're going to run like crap. <laughs> but, but a 300 two-stroke or a 454 stroke or something like that, it's not going not gonna to make that terrible big difference. Yeah. Interesting. Some difference. Some difference. Some, Some difference. difference. So, obviously, we're excited about Get Lost. Um, and, Kyle, what would you say? Are you kind of like like the sexiest rider in the picture? In the picture? What, yeah, you mean like the in film? the film. Yeah, the, the film. <laughs> you know, the, in the moving picture? <laughs> no, I wouldn't say that. We're all pretty sexy. All right. I like this guy. He's like no ego whatsoever. <laughs> so, if you were to have an ego... And be like, hell yeah, I'm the sexiest guy in the in the moving picture. How would you how would you like agree to that? How would I agree to that? Yeah, how would you be like, Bleh. like you're like an egotistical guy. And you I'll, just like want to be I, like, yeah, I'm sexy. You know, I just let people do it for me. I don't I don't say things like that ever. So bam, that's even better. That's way like, better. If you could you could do it, and it's fine. Like it doesn't sound bad to me. But if I say it, it just doesn't come out right, and I just I just won't say that. <laughs> Perfect. I like it. Well. Uh, we're obviously excited about Get Lost. For those of you who may not know what we're talking about, this is going to be a new off-road film. All the trailers online, you can search for it on YouTube. We even talked with Wiley Watson, I would say, about three episodes ago. You can go find that to learn a lot more. He got really in-depth. Obviously, we do a lot of filming, and we had Rob Mitchell in the chat room, so he asked a lot of very specific questions. So if you're kind of into that, definitely check that out because Wiley brought a lot of information, a lot of filming uh, knowledge as well into that episode. So we're going to have a Dallas premiere of Get Lost. So they've had two so far on the West Coast, both is kind of associated with different events. But we're going to have one here in Dallas, November 16th. It's it's unfortunately a Monday, but it's just what it has to be. Like there, it's, it's so expensive, unfortunately, to rent theaters because Dallas is just such a big theater. Um, and obviously Thursday, Friday, and Saturdays are much more expensive than other days during the week. So we're going to have our Dallas premiere here on November 16th. Uh, if anybody's in the area or around and wants to come, we're going to have the link in the show notes uh, on YouTube and on the site, of course. Uh, so you can just click that and it'll take you to the Eventbrite link. Um, and and, uh, and hopefully we could see you at the event. Now, Kyle, what city? I like where you're uh, I, I usually fly out of Burbank. Burbank? I'm going to write yeah. that down. Um, do you have a mountain bike? Yeah, I got a Cannondale mountain bike. Okay. 
I've got you and I are going to talk. When this afternoon, or in your yeah, in your case, afternoon, in my case, evening, are you going to be yeah. back in cell reception? Uh, probably hanging out here for a while. We got some some wine and pizza. There you go. All right, so. I'm going to text you. I got some questions for you for that weekend, and possibly some yeah. other fun times. Um, what, what's the weekend? What's the date? Fourteenth, fifteenth, sixteenth, and seventeenth. It's next weekend, right? After this one. Mm, correct. Not this weekend, but the following. Just... I might be I might be in Mexico, honestly, but <sighs> I'm still gonna text you. Because you have yeah. you haven't right, said no me. yet. I'm gonna text you and be like beep 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 beep. It's gonna be fun. Well, dude, congratulations. I'm so glad that you got a chance to head down to Australia and show those dudes, more people around the world, what you have to offer, not just as a dirt bike racer, but as a person. Um, we've had you on the show yeah. multiple times, and I love having you on because of the exactly what you were saying when I was trying to trying to get you to talk ego because you don't. You're such a down-to-earth dude, and I love that about you. You don't let anything go to your head, and I, and I just pray that that always stays with you because that's such an awesome, admirable aspect, and we can't enough of us can't be in that same headspace long enough. It's so cool, and I'm so glad that you're getting more and more opportunities. You've left Privateer Island. Beta seems to be treating you really well. Your results have proved it, the way you're riding, the way you're acting, all that kinds of stuff. And then going to Australia and kicking butt against all those dudes, that's some kicking shit. So congratulations, dude. You're really, really kicking butt, and we're we're proud of it for sure. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. and then it, Really, the, really nice of you. Uncle, uncle times two, right? Yeah, you know. I gotta make him proud. <laughs> there it is. I like it, dude. Well, hey, man, you get back to the family. Enjoy the wine and pizza and family, and we appreciate you coming on the show. All right, guys, have a good night. Absolutely, man. Take Thank care. you. Thanks. Bye. I know. Sometimes it's one of those deals. I really, really do enjoy Cobb Redmond, um, and for all the reasons that I just mentioned. Like, I mean, when was the last time you really talked to somebody that's just kind of like that mellow and that's just like really that chill about everything? Hey, guys that kick ass like that, they don't have to talk themselves up. I mean, he goes out there and yeah, that's true. puts it down on the track. I know. So he, he doesn't have to say anything about it. He's like, I let my riding speak for me, for sure. Um, so Brian's story is his riding can speak for him. Um, but, I mean, at 42, you could kick a lot of like young whoopersnappers' butts. So I think you're doing pretty awesome. So. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about what we're kind of looking at here with Toro. Now, w w one of the things that we talked about a couple weeks ago is when they announced that Toro, our local kind of winter series, was going to try to start off the series with a sprint enduro. Um, but if you look at the flyer, and if you kind of look at what everybody says, it's, it's obviously n not in what we have become used to in the traditional sprint enduro format, and even even in an enduro format where there's there's really no... There's no knowledge ahead of time of what's going to be happening. But in Texas, it's weird, and we know that, and we could admit to it. Like People don't want to come to a race weekend and not get practice. They don't want to come race unless they can know what they're racing. So kind of talk a little bit about how this weekend's going to work because I'm still kind of like, I guess, uneducated on how the weekend's going to be approached. Well, here in Texas, you know, good or bad, we're we're in our own little racing world here, and the the people in Texas have have become accustomed to having practice on Saturday, and you know, I have become a fan of it. I grew up um, half motocross and half enduro, right? And actually, did that for ten years before I got into cross country racing. 
But then I saw the the Saturday practice aspect of the cross country racing and the way it it became. I mean, it's a, a social event and it's you know it's just a great way to get new riders to the races as well. Um, you get a lot of people uh, coming out and riding practice. Uh, so that they can be on a track going the same direction with a bunch of other motorcyclists. They're not by themselves uh, if they don't have normal riding partners. Uh, they don't have to worry about some jack wagon in a UTV mowing them down, going the wrong way down the trail. <laughs> yep, which we know happens. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so so a lot of people get into racing here in Texas um, because they start going and riding uh, the Saturday practices on the private tracks and then they, they see that it's not as intimidating as they thought it was going to be, and they end up being a racer. Um, and, you know, Toro has, has uh, you know, been our winter series for 15 years now. I was one of the original uh, six board of directors that started the series. Uh, so I have a personal attachment to it in, in that way. And then I've always promoted races in Toro as well. Not every year, but most years I've promoted one or two races. And, um. But, you know, I, I've always been a believer that variety is the spice of life. I, I tell my friends and, and customers that when you get a new motorcycle, get, get something different from mm-hmm. what you had before. Right. If you had a four-stroke, get a two-stroke. If you had a two-stroke, get a four-stroke. If you had a little one, get a big one. If you had a big one, get a little one. Uh, you know, and, and go go ride in as many different places as you can. Try as many different formats as you can. Um, you know, I've got some enduro buddies that I've taken to some vet motocross tracks and... and uh, that have totally gotten into that. And I've got some motocross buddies that I've taken to cross country races and they've gotten into that. And you did it, you know, it's all motorcycling. It's all good. It's all fun. It's all good for the soul and good for the body. And, um, but, uh, with Toro, um, it's Texas off-road racers organization. And there was never really anything that said it had to just be a cross country. Right. And the bio scramble type. Yeah. Type series. There's nothing that said it had to, to be that, um, and so we, we, uh, we're like, you, we were looking at ways to get some more excitement and get some enthusiasm. And, um, they made the, the AMA decided this year to make the East coast ISDE team qualifier, qualifier. one of the Kenda full gas sprint enduros. Which so, you and Travis Christ. Yeah, so me and, and one of our buddies, Travis Christ, who was on the board of directors in the Texas Enduro Circuit at the time, we went to the the Sprint Enduro. And we had uh, heard about him in Europe for a couple of years. And, and I know me and you and several other friends, we'd said, you know, that sounds like a great way to have fun and do Enduro-style sprinting, but on a smaller piece of property. And me and Travis went to it, and we had a really good time. And and uh, frankly, the format was was really easy to understand. And we were like, man, we need to bring this kind of racing to Texas. And then um, a couple of months later, we had the opportunity to go to another one in Indiana. The first one was in West Virginia, but we had uh, had some a kind of a, a dead period at work, and and uh, had an opportunity to go. Um, Drew Higgins, who uh, rides out of my shop and won the the double A championship yeah, and the, the national enduros in the national this enduros this year, uh, he was uh, going to be heading to one of the national enduros uh, that would be sort of along the way to the <laughs> Make to it the work. sprint enduro with with another one of our friends Matt Crouch and and uh, and then another good buddy of ours Cole Kirkpatrick who who does some filming uh, for yep. KTM. 
uh, we knew that he uh, was was being sent up there to do some filming of the the Kenda Full Gas Enduro. So all uh, all four of us ended up up there. Drew and Matt uh, drove up there and and hauled my bike, and I I flew in and. And we raced a second one and different terrain. They ran it a little bit differently, but for the most part, it was the same, but just really, really enjoyable form of racing. At both events, I went around and talked to lots of the people that were there, racers, uh, wives, fathers. Um, I just talked to everybody around to see what they thought of the format and, uh, I didn't run into anybody that didn't seem to enjoy the camaraderie of the downtime between tests, you run a test and then you've got a little bit of time to go back to your camp, swap racing stories with your buddies, maybe change your setup, maybe straighten out your bent handlebars, <laughs> you get a drink, you get something to eat, and uh, but just uh, everybody seemed to really appreciate the format and really enjoy the format. The intensity of the racing is really high. Yeah, uh, you can tell those guys are always pushing it. Yeah, it's really, really high intensity. It's just like uh, a special test at six days. Um, but uh, So we knew we wanted to try to bring this to Texas, but because of the way people have been brought up and, and trained basically here in North Texas with being able to practice on Saturday, um, we felt like doing the sprint enduro with no practice would be too much of a format change from what Toro was uh, traditionally done as. And, uh, you know, when we did talk about doing it with no practice, we got a lot of kickback of people saying, well, how am I, when am I going to ride with my son? When am I going to ride with my buddy that's a different skill level? And and so we're, we're doing it our own way here. We're, we're going to run a sprint enduro on Sunday that's going to be done really, really similar to the way they're done at the Kenda Full Gas okay. Sprint Enduros. Sunday will be pretty much identical to how they do it. Um, but on Saturday, we're still going to run practice on Saturday. We're going to have two four-mile loops set up. And from 11 a.m. till 3 p.m., we're going to allow open practice. You can go ride both tracks as much as you want to ride. And uh, so, you know, in theory, just talking with customers and friends and, and whatnot about it, I'm if, uh, if I didn't have to work on Saturday, <laughs> I would probably go run test A, which uh, the, the, what we're going to call test A at, the, at this first property is actually going to be pretty tight and technical. And, but I would go run that three or four times and make sure I had it dialed. And then I would go to test B and, uh, which is going to be much more open and fast. I'm, I'm trying to make the two tests as much different as possible. Mm -hmm. So one's more of a cross test and one more of an enduro test. Yeah. Um, we are also going to have alternates in the tests. We, uh, Toro traditionally has what we call blue lines where the main trail is marked with pink ribbon. Um, and if you see blue ribbon, the rule book says it's a, har a harder alternate that, if completed successfully, is faster than the primary line. You know we've been called out before before our uh, our choice of color there. Oh, really? So like pink being the easier, uh, like a woman, and blue being the harder, like a man. God bless us here in America. We get too offended. Right. Too easy. <laughs> I know. I was like, <laughs> and, by, and by all means, in, 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 in honesty... The person that called us out was in jest. You know, they were just kind of like, "Oh, we see what you did there." We were like, "Oh, but oh, it, I get, uh, damn it, you're right." It's it's real though. <laughs> like, it, it, uh. it it's real. It, it being on the the BOD in a couple of different circuits over the years, it's amazing 
how easily someone can get offended if if one class starts in front of another yeah. class. Like, and, oh, shut up. oh my gosh! You know, just let's just. I just race don't think I ever told you about and, that, and I thought it was hilarious that somebody brought that up when we were talking about. It. They were like, "I see what you do with the ribbons." We were like, "Oh, oh. really?" <laughs> You're like, really? But anyway, we're going to have some blue line alternates. So we're still going to have some really technical stuff that if people want to take a risk-reward situation in the heat of battle, they get to make that choice and decide whether they want to do that. Um, But the the basic breakdown of the weekend is going to be come out. The gates are going to be open uh, Friday night, uh, this this Friday night. Um, And they'll be back open early Saturday morning. And uh, you don't have to join the circuit. You don't have to buy a race entry. You can just pay your gate fees and ride practice. And then if you can't take it, then you can go ahead and join the circuit and sign up for the race for Sunday. <laughs> I gotta do it. I gotta but, do it. Uh, practice will run 11 to 3 Saturday afternoon. Um, our 50 and 65 races will run on Saturday afternoon, just like they always traditionally mm-hmm. have. And they will be the traditional format. The kids will format, race yeah. for a set amount of time. Um, so Saturday will be no different from how Toro's been the last few years. Right. Come Sunday morning, um, the morning is going to go just like it has the last few years with a little practice and then uh, riders meeting in church, and uh, then we're going to line them up and, and stage people for, uh, for the first race. Um, I believe that me and Travis and a couple of other guys that have been to a couple of nationals will help stage and right. start um, – the test for the first race just to make sure everything's the, dialed. It said like, you know, short, super short, long. So you is that still kind of like the way that you guys are setting it up in the sense that it's like anybody that's in the short program, and we kind of know what that means class breakdown wise. Um, but is are they kind of like starting first, or are you guys still going to start fastest guys first? I I expressed to Toro, and I'm not on the board or on staff anyway this year. Um, I'm just a staff emeritus, something like that. I, I can't yeah. remember. They they gave me a crazy title a few years back where I don't get to vote on anything, but I can actually say my opinion. But uh, I expressed to Toro in a in a, a really good meeting we had this past Sunday that I believe we should go to two races on Sunday, just like mm-hmm. the Kenda Nationals do. Um, instead of our traditional three race format, right? Uh, just because in the sprint enduro format, you have the break where you get to go back to your camp for 20 minutes after each test with three races, I believe that would make the day go too long. Oh, yeah. I think if we can make it just two races, uh, I believe we can get everybody, uh, all the racing they want and get them home a couple hours earlier. So, uh, I believe we're gonna we're gonna split it into two formats, uh, and the uh, Toro staff was going to be looking at all the classes from last year, Try to kind of figure and out how figure that... out where that breakdown was going to be, and making an announcement uh, sometime in the next day or so, uh, so people can plan ahead. You know, I was thinking while you were talking about this, is that one way to maybe possibly still have the practice on Saturday, but then still have an unknown to Sunday would be if you're going to have open practice on A and B on Sunday. Or Saturday, then on Sunday, those tracks that they've now practiced on are just run backwards for the race. So they get their practice, you know, and, and they're going to have an idea what it's going to be like backwards, but they never get a chance to actually run it backwards. So then it still brings the element of the enduro idea of, of, of the unknown. Um, but then then you still get the open practice it, idea of Saturday. And I, I would be okay with that kind of idea because I think the whole idea of practice isn't necessarily 
the uh, for for most of the riders, it's not really about the practice and getting that track absolutely dialed down to the finest point. It's more about the camaraderie and family aspect of riding together yeah. on Saturday uh, to the majority of our members. Yeah, no, and I agree with that. It's just like I just think that there should still be some. I S- like, some mystery to it. I like the idea of that. Behind I, those I like being able to read terrain. I so, I'm an old school enduro yeah. rider too, so I I love the idea of of having to be able to go fast and and figure it out as you go. Uh, as long as the promoter does a good job and doesn't put any surprises that put riders in in unnecessary harm's way, yeah. I'm always a fan of, of yeah. true imagery. They're format. like, oh yeah, it's gonna flow this way, flow this way, and they're like, oh, they're all gonna think it's gonna fade to the right, but I'm gonna go left. It's I'm like, gonna go left off the cliff dickhead. instead. <laughs> <laughs> you suck, like Chuck Norris. Uh, oh my God. Uh, oh, Chuck Norris out west. Yeah, mm, absolutely. Good yeah, God. and then Rambo or whatever the other one's called. Yep, all the good ones. The all <laughs> the good ones. Ass kickers. Um, for those of you guys who have absolutely no idea what we're talking about, what um, was it Lone Star? What was the Enduro? Because they can search for it. There have been people that have posted. So d- definitely look for like T S E C T S E C T S C E C. Thank you. It's been too long. Enduro. And then Chuck Norris. And you'll be able to find some helmet cam footage. I believe Cole Kirkpatrick has some out there. And it is some gnarly ass A-only shit that yep. we've gone through. In the in traditional the, Rambo country at, at LTR, at <sighs> Lubbock Trail Riders. So yeah, that's some gnarly stuff. Good old school stuff. Yeah. So it's, it's, that's a, it's fun, but man, it's when you're, it's one of those deals, if it was just a regular old Saturday and you're out there riding, you'd like go do it a couple times. You know what I mean? Like you just have fun oh, yeah. with it. But it's, when you're like trying to go as fast as possible... It's like uh-huh. it's just like Kyle was talking about when you get to go out there with some buddies and and go see what you can do and what you can. Right. It's it's a blast. But when it's in a, in a race situation and uh, and you've been racing all day and at the end of the day you get thrown into that and and uh, anyway run into a little traffic to make things a little more complicated or or yeah, uh, you know, just anyway things can can get more intense and, and we can have fun with it. A little fatigue from the rest of the day can make it more interesting as well. Never experienced that, did you? <laughs> no. Fatigue? Nope. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just glazing over over here. That's how old I'm getting now. 36. I'm already falling asleep in the middle of seat time. It's coming pathetic. So apologies on that. So, guys, thank you very much for tuning in. This has been episode 187. It's really good to talk to Kyle. I, again, obviously, you guys can tell I'm a huge fan of the dude, and I'm glad to see that not only has he gone up, got off Private Jail Island, that he's gotten that awesome deal with Beta, um, and I hope that that kind of grows for him. I don't know, you know, I think, you know, Max has obviously been on beta for a while. He just signed another two-year deal. Hopefully that that's a, a nice little home for Kyle for a while. I hope. Anyway, it could be cool. Um, and then, of course, so we've got the Get Lost premiere coming up here in Dallas. If you guys want to get a chance to come to that. A lot of people have been like, ah, but it's already out. Well, the thing is, is uh, so many people do not have 4K. They don't have a way to really appreciate the way that this film was meant to be watched, and it's meant to be watched in 4K on the biggest screen possible. And that's what we're going to have here in Dallas. So if you're anywhere close, definitely reach out. You know, If you guys need places to stay, you want us to hook you up with people to ride with over the weekend um, so you can come down and have a nice three-day weekend out of the deal, let us know. Please reach out. We can definitely make that happen. I'm going to be down at a mountain bike race um, Saturday and Sunday before, so if you want to come down, on that Friday, come with us to the mountain bike race and then come back and hang out on Monday, go ride somewhere and come to the premiere with us. We'd love you to do that. Um, so this is this is going to be the only chance. 
And if we do a good job promoting this, there'll be more in the future. If not, you guys are stuck only going to the West Coast because we all know that the moto industry is much bigger than the West Coast, but that's where they sell shit. So, What's the date again? Uh, November 16th. It's a Monday. A Monday, November yep. 16th. So make it happen. And then, of course... What was the other one? We got Moto 7. We're going to have another premiere for that November 12th. Uh, so there's all kinds of stuff going on that we're helping kind of just to try to get a lot of stuff out there. But for racing wise, this weekend, we're going to be in Boise, Idaho uh, for Enduro Cross. And then after Thanksgiving, November 28th and 29th, the Ozark 100, uh, Mansfield, uh, Mont- uh, Missouri. So we're I'm really trying that to make like that happen. That looks like a fun happen. race. It does. I'm that really trying like to make that happen. Race. But being... The weekend after Thanksgiving is just really pissing my wife off. So that's a good weekend for racing, especially like you got all that tryptophan built up. You need to burn it right. off. Held some races on that weekend before. Yeah, rode some races so on that weekend. Would you want to go? I would want to go. Have have a couple of issues to work out ah. with with my my ribs and my knee. But oh, uh, that's true. Yeah. Well, uh, other than that, I'd we'll like get to you go. sorted. Just hopefully you don't remember what happens and you'll be good to go. <laughs> Right? right. Yeah. Uh, just a normal day in the life of Brian's story. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun coming up again. As we mentioned before, definitely put in the comments um, as you watch the episode stuff that you'd like us to talk about as we kind of get into November, December. I mean, a lot of racing is going to stop. They've got all kinds of different riders that we can call in and talk about different aspects, things that are going on in their lives, bike setups. Uh, I mean, there's just a plethora of stuff that we could talk about. We do have a lot of cool reviews coming up, though, so definitely subscribe to the channel if you haven't done that because that'll be fun. And then we'll be back next week. So it was November 10th, right? November 10th. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. What do you think? Sound, sounds we'll go good. Yeah. Sounds legit, right? Yeah. If you add next seven Tuesday. to... Yeah. Next Tuesday, you, just, you get there. just like every other Tuesday. Right. I like it. I like the way you guys put me in line. All right. So definitely, this is Seat Time. You can find us at SeatTime.co. That is the website. Of course, we are on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Seat Time. We are on Twitter, at Seat Time underscore CO. And of course, Instagram, it's just at Seat Time. We kept it simple there. After everything else, that's the easy one. Um, Big, big, big thanks to Fly Racing, FlyRacing.com for the support of Seat Time. Of course, Kindatire USA at Kindatire.com and Stillwell Performance at StillwellPerformance.com. And remember to keep it pinned. Because those guys are awesome. Definitely reach out to them for any offers, suspension questions, or needs that you may have. Of course, a little 2016 stuff coming out. You're going to be getting new bikes. Your needs the suspension done. It's a good place to check out and have that done. And somebody saying later in the chat room, Bye, Angel. Thanks for tuning in, and thanks for also for sending us all that fun stuff and information. We appreciate it. This is uh, Seat Time. Remember, always enjoy a pint full of awesome, and we will see you next week. Peace. <laughs>